This is the Kitzer of Sikha Beis of Parshas Kisavai in Chelek Yudalit. The Rebbe in this Sikha discusses the last section of this week's Parsha, the last eight Psukim, and a few Rashis where he explains what's going on over here. So the Pasik begins, Vayikra Maishal Kal Yisrael Vayemer Aleim. And Maishal Rabbeinu tells the Yidin, Hamasas Agdailis, the great miracles that the Yidin experienced from Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim and during the time when they were in the Midbar. Then the Pasik says, Vloinos Nashem Lachem, Lev Lodas, Veinayim Luris, Veinayim Lushmaya, Deyem Azet. And Rashi on the words Leinos Nashem Lachem Lev Ladas explains Lahaker as Chazdei Kadosh Baruch Hu v'Lidovik Boy that the Eden did not recognize the kindness of the Eibushter and they would not connect it and become one with the Eibushter. So the question over here, the Rebbe says, where does Rashi take this from? Chazdei Kadosh Baruch Hu. That's not what it says in the pasuk. In the pasuk, it talks about miracles and Lidovik Boy. Where does Rashi see a concept of Dveikus over here? Then. Later on in the Pasik it says, Adayemaza until today. Here Rashi says, What which day is this? What happened? Shamaiti Shaysayem Levi. So wrote and gave a to Levi. So came to and told We also received the Taida. Why are you giving it to your shevet? Then they'll tell us, tomorrow, that this doesn't belong to you. It was given to us. That the special day is this day that the Yidin demanded the Teda. So the Rebbe points out that according to Rashi, Adayemazeh would mean until today, not including today, which is different than always in the Teda. Whenever it says Ad, it usually means including today. Why does Rashi do this? Why does Rashi say that it's not including today? Besides that, the Rebbe has a few diyukim over here. The main thing is the Rebbe points out the word mashlit, which is a very interesting word. Why does Rashi say that you're putting your shevet in control? Doesn't it seem like that the demand of Yidin is you're giving away the Taita to the Bnei Levi? Then the Rebbe brings the Rashi, where the Pasuk and continues says that the Yidin came to this place, and Rashi says, Now you see yourself with greatness and honor. Do not rebel against Hashem and not, not become with haughty hearts. And you should keep the mitzvahs, you should keep the bris. So the question is, the Rebbe says, take a look at this Rashi over here. The Pasuk talks here about the Nitzachan of the Muhamma of Sichen and Oig. That's the continuation of the Pasuk over here. So, the question is, why would this be a reason that the Yidin would rebel against Hashem? What's this now? When they arrive here, there's this concern that the Yidin are going to rebel against Hashem. What exactly happens in this place that there's this concern? Then the Rebbe says, later on, Rashi brings a second pshat on what Vaynos Machem Hashem Lev Ladas. Rashi waits a few psukim, but only later on Rashi says that the pshat is that Ein Adam Oymed Al Sevdaita Shal Rabbi V'Chochmas Mishnosei Adar Boim Shana takes forty years for a person to really understand what his teacher is telling him. Eibush was not particular with you until today, but later on, from here going forward, he will be makpid upon you. So the question is. Why does Rashi have to bring two Pirushim? Rashi always brings two Pirushim, and over here he actually delays bringing the second Pirush, only if there are difficulties with each Pirush. So the Rebbe basically points out over here, if you take a look at this parsha, it's something very unusual. Moshe Rabbeinu is basically coming to strengthen Yidin and 
warn them about the future, that they should be Mekayim Torah Mitzvahs. This seems to be a message that's been repeated already before by Moshe Rabbeinu more than once. So what's new now that Moshe Rabbeinu summons Yidin Vayikra Moshe? What's the new message he's telling Yidin? And Moshe Rabbeinu says to them, you know, you didn't really recognize the greatness of the and the miracles of the Ebishter. How could Moshe Rabbeinu say that? Did Yidin not sing Shira and recognize the greatness of the Ebishter by Kriyas Yamsuf and other miracles that occurred to the Yidin? So therefore Rashi says, no, there's a special message here that Moshe is telling the Yidin uh, that they are about to enter into Eretz Yisrael. And the message is that the Yidin did recognize miracles. Miracles is one thing, but the ongoing kindness of the Eibishter while they were in the Midbar, which came in the form of the Mon and the clothing that were washed by the Anani Yaakovit and so on, which is something that they became uh, used to and it became something that they was accustomed every day to. That's something that the Eden did not appreciate fully until today, until this day. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu has reason to be concerned about what's going to happen in the future. And he's warning them, That's the new message that Moshe Rabbeinu is telling Eden about the fact that they have to recognize the greatness and the kindness of the Eibishter that happens throughout the entire time. And if Eden would recognize that, naturally it brings to Dveikus, because kindness is a closeness, is a love that Eibishter expresses, and if Eden recognize that, that brings to Dveikus. That's why Rashi mentions Dveikus. However, Rashi says, that's only Adayoy but not including today, because it already says in Pashas Vaschanan, Va'atem Advekim, Eibishter states it as a fact that today you are Dovuk, there is a Dveikus that Eden have to Hashem. So today, something did change, and Moshe Rabbeinu had an indication that Yidin reached that level of Dveikus. What was that indication that Moshe Rabbeinu had? The fact that Yidin demanded to have the Torah. What was really the Yidin's demand? What they were concerned about is that coming into Eretz Yisrael, getting busy with all the work that they do in the land, and Bnei Levi received the Torah, and they are dedicated to learning Torah, serving the base of Miklash, and they don't have all of those responsibilities to work in the land. So now that Bnei Levi are going to turn to Yidin, they're going to say, life is different here. You're not in the Midbar anymore. You can't be dedicated to the Torah with the same devotion that you had while you were in the Midbar. And the Yidin were concerned about this change. And they said, no, we don't want Shevet Levi to tell this to us in the future when we enter into Eretz Yisrael. That they have control. They have the Shlita, the Mashlet over Torah. And we don't have the same connection. And the Yidin said, no, we, we accepted the Torah at Har Sinai. And therefore the Torah belongs to us just as much. Moshe Rabbeinu sees this demand of Yidin. He knows that the Yidin want that Dveikus. And Yidin reached this level of Dveikus by recognizing the kindness of the Eibishter. But here, Moshe Rabbeinu is concerned. He sees the Yidin reach this peak and they, they express this Dveikus. However, they're on the threshold of entering into Eretz Yisrael and that might all change now once they come into a land where there's Teva and there's nature and the land that they have to work in. And coming to this place, is this is the first place that Yidin conquered a territory. Here they conquered a territory from Sichon and Oig, and they, they inherited it, and they gave the territory to Bnei Ruven, Bnei God. And now is the first time we are not transitioning into this new situation. So Moshe Rabbeinu was telling them, this is my reason for concern, that you may not maintain this dveikus when you come into Eretz Yisrael. And that's the Vatavoyel HaMokim that causes Moshe Rabbeinu to tell the Eden that don't rebel against Hashem once you enter into Teva of the world. This is the basic point of the first Pshat and Rashi in the flow of the way Rashi explains this Indian. But there are difficulties with the first Pshat, as the Rebbe points out, that it says, that the Eibishter didn't give you, and that's not something that's understood according to the first Pshat. And the Rebbe points out another few difficulties. And then the Rebbe says, in the second Pshat, Rashi has a completely different approach. Rashi says it's not about the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu has a concern about the future, but it's just about a higher expectation that you have from Klal Yisrael now that the Eibishter is empowering them and they have a greater das and understanding of, the, of, of a connection after the 40 years, so there's a greater expectation from them. And therefore the Rebbe points out that 
and according to the second pshat, it's better understood the language that the pasuk uses when it says "Shmartem es divri abrisa zayis," and then it says "Vaasisem," and "Taskilu es kol ashatasim." The pasuk that is is using all of these details to describe the greater appreciation and connection and das that he didn't have for the Abishta, and therefore he's not only warning them that they shouldn't rebel, like it is according to the first pshat, but according to the second pshat, it's a higher expectation of their understanding and connection to Hashem. But there's also problems with the second shot, as the Rebbe points out, mainly, those words seem to be completely extra, and they don't seem to have any point in the Pusik. So therefore, Rashi has to bring both of these Pshatim over here. Then the Rebbe points out, according to Chassidus, what you can see over here in the Rashi, that the point is that you enter into Eretz Yisrael, and you're coming from a place where you were separated from the nature of the world, and now you're entering into a place where there's the Teva. And you have to recognize the kindness of the Ebeshter within nature. That's the message of Moshe Rabbeinu here. And therefore Rashi uses the term, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as Chassidus explains, Kadesh means high, removed, but Baruch means drawn down into the world. And that's the point here, to recognize the Ebeshter in the world. As Rashi later also uses the expression, Mokim refers to the presence of Hashem in time and space in the world. That's the main message over here that Moshe Rabbeinu wants them to recognize the greatness of Hashem even being in nature. And the Kayach for this, the Rebbe says, the Pasuk tells us with the words, Bris is something that's beyond reason and logic. It's the Kabbalah cell that a Yid has even while there's concealments to be able to do what Hashem wants. But then, however, comes the second shot of Rashi, where the Torah tells you that really the Ebeshe gives you the power to break out of this hell and behester, to be able to break out of this concealment and see and appreciate the greatness of the Ebeshe. And therefore Rashi says that after 40 years, the Ebeshe gives Yidin the Koyach of Taskil, to not only have the Kabbalah soil, but actually break out of the hell and behester and see and appreciate the greatness of the Ebeshe. So this is the blend of the two Pirushim of Rashi. On one hand, you have to have the foundation of Kabbalah soil, but at the same time, the Ebeshe says, I will give you the ability to learn and understand and appreciate what you're doing, connect to the Eibishter, breaking out of your hell of a Hester. Then at the end of the Sikha, the Rebbe points out also that we find that Rashi Al-Tayre says, when he talks about the fact that a person appreciates what his teacher is teaching him after 40 years. In the Gemara though, all Rashi says is, and Rashi omits the concept of Chochmah. And the Rebbe points out that in the Pasuk, Lev Ladas, Enayim Liris, Enayim Lishmaya, these three things refers to Chochmah, Bina, and Das. Ri'iyas, Chochmah, Shmiyas, Bina, and Das is of course Das. However, in the Gemara, since there in the Gemara it says that this Pasuk includes speaking about Moshe Rabbeinu himself, Moshe Rabbeinu personifies Chochmah. So therefore we can't say that Moshe Rabbeinu did not have Chochmah until this day. So therefore Rashi in the Gemara omits Chochmah and only mentions Bina and Das.